like maybe that is part of the distinction is like processing is like in the process like in the mess of it when you're sorting it out for yourself and like don't know where it's going to lead you reflection feels safer like looking back and pulling out what you've it feels like past tense Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. You are listening to the final episode of season two of The Hive Five, which is very exciting, but also a little bit bittersweet. Today on the show, I got to sit down with one of my best friends, Caitlin Paulson, who is an incredibly talented designer, writer, one of the most brilliant people that I know, and a fellow producer of this show, The Hive Five. The topic of today's episode is reflection, and Caitlin and I talked about songwriting, what it's like to process emotions with other people, the difference between processing and reflecting, and how being led into each other's messy and challenging moments is a gift, not a burden. We recorded this episode in one of the last days leading up to both of our college graduations. We had just gone to one of our favorite coffee shops for one of the last times, and we're sitting in this recording booth and it felt like the whole world was swirling around us, but we had a moment of calm to meet each other and ask important questions and record this final episode. It was so much fun and so special to have this conversation with Caitlin, and I'm really excited for you all to hear it. So without further ado, here's Caitlin Paulson and me, Olivia Hewitt, on Reflection. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. The Hive Five. I'm Olivia Hewitt and today I'm joined by Caitlin Paulson. Special guest. (laughs) You can't see what's going on, so I'll paint the scene for you. It's two days before my graduation, three days before Caitlin graduates college. We're sitting in the sound box. I have remnants of my coffee. Caitlin's is gone. We went to Iron and Kin for one of the last times of our college, I'll say that. No. which we're not thinking about. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> and we're sitting down to record this episode about reflection, iteration, evolution, <laughs> devolution, <laughs> regression, um. <laughs> <laughs> regression, shortcoming, failure. <laughs> no, failures are part, but I'm sure. Um, we need to figure out a way to like, personally, I need to figure out a way to knock it into my podcast voice. Oh. Well, not that podcast voice is bad. How do you feel about podcast voice? I think podcast voice is normal. And you I think, think as fine. it goes on, you, okay. lo- you lose it. But you always have to start in podcast voice. You gotta start there? Okay. Gets you gets you in character. True. Uh, my podcast character. So Caitlin and I wrote questions down to ask each other wild cards we don't know what's coming i think yours may be more wild than (laughs) mine mine are mild cards mild cards so let's start with a mild card yeah we'll start with a mild card i'll give you a mild card and then you give me one okay good i didn't want to give you one of mine they're really mild okay mine are two i wouldn't get two green salsa green salsa so thinking about reflection how does it feel so caitlin is someone that from my perspective reflects a lot and does a lot of like different forms of art to reflect on herself and her process so I'm really excited to hear your thoughts but my question is like how does it feel different for you to reflect like on your own versus reflect with other people that was one of my questions (laughs) (laughs) great news like I guess right now we're reflecting together versus like I know both of us like to journal and like use voice memos and stuff like that mm-hmm. so the question was how does it feel to reflect on how yeah. does it feel different to reflect on your mm-hmm. own versus reflecting like in tandem with someone else like in conversation mm. that's a good question i mean i think maybe a moment that comes up from earlier today when we were talking about um a situation with a friend was just that when i'm reflecting with someone else i become aware of like all the underlying assumptions I don't question. Um, In the situation I was talking about how I thought a friend was feeling this one way, but then it was verbalizing it where I was like, 
actually there was nothing that they did mm. to signify that. But when I'm just reflecting on my own or in my head, I think to myself, I don't, I don't even question that because it's just a fact in Caitlin's mind. But when I verbalize it, I have to explain where I'm getting the evidence for that fact. And then I realize I have none. So I think a lot of the times reflecting with another person, I mean, maybe this is obvious, but like makes you more self-aware of your perspective or how you're approaching something. Um, but I think sometimes that can feel, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not scary, but when you're verbalizing, like, this is how I think or feel about this thing, like, you want to have it grounded and you want to make sure you have a really solid understanding of it before sharing it with someone else. So I think yeah. reflecting on your own can help you, like, even understand what all those thoughts are up there. And then reflecting with someone else kind of like broadens that perspective more. Yeah. It's kind of like checking your story against someone else's story to see if they match up. And like reflecting on your own is a moment to even like figure out what your story is. But I feel like sometimes you're talking with someone when it's so raw and you're literally figuring out what the story is as they're listening. And that's like so vulnerable too. It's like I don't even know what I'm like – trying to understand but like we're forming the understanding together is crazy that makes sense yeah what about you do you think do you have a preference for reflect that was more where my question was going like is there a right way Hmm. to reflect I think like something I've thought about for a while is like the idea of like different worlds that are created when people come together like for instance like when you and me are together like a world is created that's like Mm. caitlin and olivia's like world it's fun world (laughs) fun world i love this world (laughs) like a dynamic gets set Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like an environment and like it does feel like a world and if you bring even just one other person into it it's a whole new world and like friend groups create worlds and things like that and i think that like you also have a world that's like just you and yourself. And so I don't even know if it's so much like a preference for one or the other, but like a reminder to myself to tend to both worlds, Mm -hmm. to like also tend to the world that's like just me alone with myself because that's like a completely different thing. And I'm going to reflect on things differently and come to different conclusions if it's like, just me alone in a coffee shop with my notebook or me walking and voice memoing like I'm gonna think about different things and see the world differently if it's like just me with myself and I think it's easy to forget that especially like me someone who like loves to verbally process with other people (laughs) I think it's more so like I need to remember that like my own dynamic with myself is going to be the clearest if I like give it the space to like be tended to you know yeah Makes sense. When do you think you realized that you were um, like an external verbal processor? Mm. Hmm. Can you remember a moment when you were externally verbalizing to process and that felt like it, it clicked? Not really. I can't remember like a specific moment I've like always been really close with my mom and I think she's like always been someone that I've like verbally processed to to like sort out how I feel um I don't know it's kind of always felt that way I can't remember like a specific moment where that clicked yeah what about you yeah I I don't think I've really ever felt like either internal or external work that well (laughs) like I feel like a lot of the time with internal maybe back to your world point I'm like stuck in that single view world so if I'm anxious about something or or whatnot I can yeah just sort of spiral or like get really fixed on something that isn't that grounded in reality Mm -hmm. um but when processing externally or verbally Sometimes it just feels frustrating, like I can't find the right words to describe or convey how I'm feeling, especially if you're in that messy stage of trying to process some emotion. 
and you're just like, ah, I don't even really know. And then you feel like maybe the other person that's there with you processing is like not getting the full picture. Um, so I think for me, like both are a little frustrating and I figured this would come up at some point, but, yeah. um, and you know this, but at one point, I think it was yeah, this past fall, I was really upset and I sat down with a guitar to start playing and, and not even really trying to write a song, just I was sick of journaling and <laughs> sick of whining to other people about what I was feeling. And it felt like that was a space where I wasn't as in my head mm. because talking and writing is something we do a lot. And if I'm writing something down, I'm implicitly thinking about the grammar or like how it would read back or um, whatnot in just talking is very familiar too but there was something adequately foreign about trying to translate what I was feeling into song that like maybe to the last podcast with Prof Sal um like put the perfect constraint on processing what I was feeling such that I wasn't thinking about how I was saying it it was just it was just coming Mm -hmm. out and that's been something that almost feels halfway in between internal and external. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that description of songwriting is like halfway between internal and external and like releasing the need for it to make sense, allowing it to finally make sense. You know, I kind of feel like that reminded me of like dancing for me too. Like I love, I feel like that's a way that I reflect and process things too, is just by like dancing around my room listening to music and just like getting into my body like that's what you were saying too kind of with the guitar is like there's like this like physical element of like playing an instrument and having to think about that like sometimes I'll be dancing around and be like oh my god wow I'm like really angry like I didn't realize I was like angry but now I'm like stomping around my room you know but like I might not have sat down and been like I am feeling angry because xyz but like when you give your body and mind the space to like release the having to think logically and just get into the feeling like more truth comes up and I think like that's a parallel between like songwriting and like dance and even like running I don't know if you feel that way about running but like I feel like things always come to the surface of my mind when I'm like listening to music and moving yeah and a moment where you're like stuck in motion Mm. and like that's what you're doing (laughs) that's good yeah you know like I feel like that's the thing about planes for me is I'm like I for the next like five hours or whatever I'm just going to be sitting in this seat and like listening to music and like that's my job and you're not in like you can't be in go 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 mode and when you're on a run and you're like four miles from your house, you can't like go do that other random thing. Like the only option is to yeah, continue running to get back. Yeah. Exactly. Like also kind of like what Sal was saying about like restraints or constraints, you know, like you're limiting what you're giving yourself access to in that moment. And it's kind of like reflections, your main form of entertainment, whatever your mind comes up with when you're on a run or on a plane is kind of like the main event, <laughs> you know? Um, when I was in high school, I took a this long canoe trip down the Colorado River, Green River, to the Colorado, and we had three days that we spent uh, alone on solo on that trip, and you couldn't bring anything except something to sleep in, and you could bring a notebook, but you couldn't bring like a book, so you couldn't bring anything that was mm. externally entertaining. You had to produce your own forms of entertainment you could bring an instrument if you had one for the trip um same thing like yeah you are providing the entertainment not Mm -hmm. something providing it for you and I remember three days is a long time when you're (laughs) when you're by yourself and um I remember I was journaling for a bit and it felt kind of scatterbrained and then I just laid there at one point and I was like, I'm going to think about this thing for the next <laughs> however long. And I was like, and then after that, I'll take some time and think about this thing. No way. And I feel like that was the first time I like was intentionally creating space for a particular thought or like mm-hmm. thought topic. Because most of the time when you're going about your day, it just feels like you're kind of a victim to your thoughts. Like if a thought pops up, like there it is. And it's not like I made room in my day 
to think about whatever and that was really interesting just to realize like maybe not the cliche of like you're in control of your thoughts but like they bubble up to the surface in the everyday because you don't make room for them to like actually have have space Um, yeah but that was a weird feeling of like oh like reflection being the form of entertainment Mm. like there is a lot there that I think we could be reflecting on or could be taking the time to think of that we just don't so then it comes up in these moments where there's no other outlet right I think that's interesting too about like things coming to the surface because we're not necessarily giving them space it makes me think of um this roomy poem do you know it guest house Mm -mm. I'll read it to you it's so good it's one of my favorite might be my favorite poem ever it's called guest house the guest house by roomy this being human is a guest house every morning a new arrival a joy a depression a meanness Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice. Meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. And, like, the concept of, like, an emotion or something that's, like, coming to the surface not being, like, an annoyance or something to, like, suppress or, like, push away or put aside for the sake of, like, doing whatever task you're doing, but rather, like, some guest that has come for, like, a reason and we need to, like, Mm. give it space Mm -hmm. and, like, listen to it as, like, someone that's come to your door to, like, tell you something important is really interesting, I think. That's been, like, a foundational like shift for me but I know like it's very case by case and like different for everyone but I think that a lot of times it's like we're encouraged to like compartmentalize suppress put things away you know instead of being like oh so interesting that like I feel so angry right now like I wonder what that's about like I wonder where that's coming from I wonder what this means (laughs) what might this mean (laughs) what more might be fun you know (laughs) It's so interesting. Not just like random annoyances, Mm -hmm. but like messages. I wonder. I wonder. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, Reflection feels pretty instrumental to just going about life and Mm -hmm. friendships and relationships and everything. But in maybe to to pivot this a little bit to Mm -hmm. design. Yeah. Um. How have you found reflection in, like, your academic work or your human-centered design work to be? Hmm. I think, like, most recently it's been about, like, zooming out. I think, like, reflection, like, honest reflection as challenging as it can be, can help you see, like, the value of what you're actually doing, even if it's different than what you hoped it would have been. Like, with this project that I was doing with Claire, I think we got, like, very, like, in the weeds with it and focused on, like, what was going to come next and, like, all the details of, like, and I think there was a moment where it felt sort of disappointing and, like, what did we do? Like, did this lead somewhere meaningful? Like, but when we're be able to be honest with each other and say that and be like, I'm feeling disappointed, like I'm feeling let down or worried that this isn't meaningful, then I think like that can lead to a kind of conversation that like allows us to zoom out and be like, okay, what have we done in general? Like, what did we learn? Like, maybe these emotions and like all of the ups and downs of this work have been the meaning of it and have been like what we learned but like if we were to just not reflect and not be honest with each other about like how it's hard and how we're feeling like frustrated sad disappointed 
we might miss the bigger picture of like, oh, doing this in general, engaging with these hard emotions, like as a team and as this other organization that we're working with, like is the value. I feel like it would be really easy to just think like, okay, what was the point? I don't know. And move on to the next thing. I don't know. I think it's hard to reflect honestly in school projects and stuff because you want it to be perfect and you want to just tell everyone that it's perfect and it's going great and like you're so proud of it and to admit with like two weeks left that you're feeling quite disappointed or whatever is like very vulnerable space for reflection because you don't have endless time in a school setting (laughs) but I think it's important like more so than maybe other settings I don't know that's interesting I don't think I've thought about it like that before but I think you're right like in academic or career settings maybe it's the element of ego comes in a little bit more like I want to be good at this thing because or I want this to look good um versus friendships or relationships or other things like we've been taught like those are going to have ups and downs and those are and we've had more experience with that maybe um Mm -hmm. but and friendships aren't about performance or like always being the hundred percent best. Mm. But it feels like there's that you don't get grades in friendships. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. Um, hmm. I wonder if that's part of it that like the pressure to not have right. negative reflection, now, yeah. which I think is valuable too. But mm-hmm. hmm. what about you in like your design work? How has like reflection showed up? I was thinking about this a lot for the for the last presentation, which was my thesis presentation, because we were told to have some reflection mm-hmm. <laughs> at the end. Um, and the work I was doing was with um, the Milton Marks Family Camp, which is a camp for brain tumor patients and their families. And so I had this idea that at the end of it, I was going to have a slide that was reflection on human-centered design and what I've learned about the design process and it was going to be something about like the design process being more of like an approach or a mindset that you're like bringing to the table and that's like your unique gift that like you get a share when you work Mm -hmm. with someone who um, isn't in the field of design and that that has value Mm -hmm. and like it doesn't have to be this process that we track linear linearly but then I was gonna have a slide that was like what I've learned about brain tumor patients and their Mm -hmm. families and like maybe that felt very academic um and then what you saw and what I ended up doing was um just sharing like snippets from journal entries um which was not a reflection on like the project or working with the camp or or anything (laughs) academic really um but just more about like what it was like to be me through that year and that Mm. work and um like at the end of the day those are the pieces that I'm gonna take away into the next thing Mm. um I'm not gonna like I'm not going to really show up to the next project and be like design is a mindset now that I'm bringing like I'm still always going to go back to here's square one of the design thing and that'll slowly evolve but like what has motivated me to believe that it's a mindset is more the yeah more like the non-project stuff the stuff Mm. that was about like showing up and feeling kind of icky about being a designer in this Mm -hmm. really emotional space and like if anything, that's what's going to make me show up as less of a quote-unquote designer mm. than some academic learning. So I think that that's been hard to negotiate too. Like like if you asked me to reflect on clinic or some other like no STEM or yeah. non, non-design project, I would probably never go to the emotional. Mm-hmm. But something about maybe just this project or like what we've been taught yeah encourages me to to value that as meaningful reflection right how do you like how did it feel to make that shift 
when you were making your presentation and you were like, okay, I'm not gonna talk about, you know, reflecting on the project or reflecting on this relationship with the camp. I'm actually going to share like a more emotional reflection. Like, what did it feel like to make that decision and make that shift? Mm. I think this is kind of like that journal entry I shared with you the other Mm. day, but like my biggest concern going into it was like, like it being inauthentic or it being like not doing the work justice. Um, So I think in that regard, going into the presentation, it felt really good. It was like, I'm putting everything on the table and like, this is very transparent. And there was like a lightness with that in that I wasn't, because I know that if I would have gone with the other thing, it would have felt performative at the end. Um, So that felt good. But there was this moment in delivering the presentation and reading those in the back of my head of like, does anybody care? Like, mm. is anybody looking at this and like actually want to know what I was reflecting on? Or mm. um, maybe I just had this awareness, like maybe this is a really self-centered like way to end this. Um, Interesting. Because it's like about the camp and like this interview thing. I was like, why am I? Again, I'm trying to, like, read the sentences on the slide <laughs> all while, like, thinking in the back of my head, like, yeah. is it bad that I've I've brought this back to be about me? Um, so that was in- <laughs> an interesting, like, feeling that came up. But I had talked to Abby, who was the woman I was working with at the camp. Uh, she called me after the presentation, and she had said, I'm really glad you left it on a messy ending. Hmm. Um she said a lot of the times mm. in this work she feels like people try to like put a bow on it like and then you know next year we're going to do these interviews and it's going to have this like great impact or mm. like you know always putting like a positive spin on things mm. and I think in the world of cancer that probably comes up a lot but just that ending on that sort of kind of uncomfortable reflection honored the work in a way um, yeah absolutely whoa that's super interesting and I think it's interesting that you were thinking about like is this self-centered to do this because like you were just saying and kind of like what Abby said like in many ways I think it's like the most selfless thing you could have done is acknowledging like that it is messy and it is complicated and like taking that more authentic route is saying like I don't mind sharing the messy parts of my mind right now as long as, like, I can share what the truth of this was Mm -hmm. with everyone. Mm -hmm. It would have maybe been more self-centered to be like, and it was great, and now I am a professional designer, (laughs) and you can all congratulate me now, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. But it is really interesting, I think, in general, the concept of, like, reflection and vulnerability as being something that is, like, self-centered or, like... Mm taking up a lot of space you know I feel like that comes up a lot for people in general and like definitely for me but it's like I think we're also creating space when we do that and like welcoming people into that you know like that was an invitation to everyone in the room to like be real Mm. and be honest about things you know but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this this is something I've thought about a lot in the last couple years about like reflection because like I shared earlier and like you know about me like I consider myself to be someone that like loves verbal processing like I love reflection theoretically I like journaling um I love thinking about my emotions and talking about them but I'm curious like I think something I've been thinking about is structured reflection and like spaces where reflection is encouraged in a group and like how to do that in a way that's appropriate like for instance like classroom settings like I've been in a few classrooms where like then the professor is like asking everyone to reflect on like quite a vulnerable question and then like share their responses with each other or even like work dynamics or like a someone in a position of power is like asking everyone to like 
do a somewhat vulnerable reflection and it's just like a really interesting question it's like when can you facilitate Mm -hmm. vulnerability Mm -hmm. and when like how can you hold space for it Mm -hmm. without like kind of necessitating it or asking people to do it both from like a position of power of being like okay you guys need to all tell me like how you grew and what you learned and how you feel and what was hard and also from like can it even happen like that can it even happen like boom okay ready go reflect or does it just come up when it comes up you know I think it's a really interesting balance because I think there is a lot of value in like holding space for and opening that up to people and facilitating that but like where's the line between like holding space for and like asking people to do something they're maybe not ready to do yet or not ready to do in like a community way Mm -hmm. you don't have to have an answer it's just something (laughs) I'm thinking about I think somewhere in there you said the word inviting and I think that that I don't know where I'm going with this um is what is is crucial is like Mm -hmm. it feels like an invitation not an ask or like a requirement um because I feel like I can think of plenty of class situations where like reflection was asked of us and then you know it just it doesn't you know it's not Mm -hmm. real or or because because I think in some environments reflection feels performative like that like either here I'm going to do this to like prove my ability to be vulnerable or Mm -hmm. or whatnot um and I mean this is so cliche but like it has to come from the right place like yeah (laughs) yeah yeah there's a another thing camp camp is like my little world now (laughs) um nine o'clock and uh one of the youth counselors asked me to like jump into this activity with the older kids Mm -hmm. because they were kind of a small group and so we go into this room and we're all standing in a circle and we don't really know what we're gonna do but we just hold into this activity and one of the um counselors starts leading with a series of statements and you're asked to like step into the circle if you agree with the statement um and it was all over the place like Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm an older sibling I'm a younger mm. sibling it's like it starts out kind of light and fun and you're stepping in and stepping out and you're supposed to step mm. in and make eye contact with the other people who stepped in and then step back out um, and some of it was brain cancer related like I have a parent who has brain cancer or I feel guilty like I may have caused my parents brain cancer There's stuff about suicide and, and love and like breakups it was just all over and mm. I really didn't know what I was getting into with this activity and I was kind of like caught off guard how uncomfortable mm. <laughs> I became in the situation. Um, but at the end we were talking about the structure of that activity and like what it enabled. And the first thing we were reflecting on was how stepping into the circle was such a, a soft way to say that you were feeling some way. Mm. Um, versus we were saying like, what if you had to say yes? Like if you went around and you had to say, like, yes or no. Um, right. And that idea of, like, movement being all you had to do. Um, then we talked about how it didn't really matter what the question was. It was really hard to make eye contact for me with um, other people in the circle. And I was like, like one, I'm, like, the oldest person in this room. Like, <laughs> pretty much I should be able to... Like, look at, <laughs> look at other people and say, like, yeah, I feel this way or I felt this way. Um, and then we were also talking about just when you're in a vulnerable situation like that, that's structured, that you have this hyper-awareness of being perceived. So um, there were a series of three questions that, uh, not questions, but, like, statements that you would, yeah, step forward if you agreed with. The first one was, like, I feel unattractive. And nobody stepped in. And then the next one was, I feel attractive. And nobody stepped in. Oh, wow. And so I was kind of like looking at our feet at this point. And the next one was like, I feel maybe like indifferent about or detached from um, 
like my body or my body image and a few people stepped in um and we were talking about this question afterward Mm. and how like maybe because that one was like physical that like stepping in on first the unattractive one um one of the guys was saying like he was considering stepping in but then like he could imagine what would go through people's head like people would be looking Mm. at him for that um which felt uncomfortable so he didn't step in and then if you stepped in and like the I feel attractive girls saying you know sometimes I feel this way sometimes I feel this way but Mm. that like you would also be like measured up Mm. against your own feeling and like you might not want to make it seem like oh I consider myself attractive Mm -hmm. and then everybody's looking at you like "Mm," you know (laughs) (laughs) and then how we all felt this um feeling of safety in the last statement being like Mm -hmm. indifference or like detachment Mm -hmm. and like that one felt okay to step in on um and it was just really interesting at the end to kind of process like even in this environment that like one felt safe because nobody really knew each other um two felt safe because like no one was going to ask you about it later like oh you said you felt unattractive well let's like have a like it it was over when it was over (laughs) um and and the the third thing we were sort of talking about was so one of the questions was about someone in my family has cancer or has had cancer and so I'm standing there and it's it was a small group there was only a few of the the youth there that were at camp because their parents have brain cancer and there was a few other counselors there and I stepped in but in the moment I stepped in I realized it was just me and the kids whose parents were at the camp because they had brain cancer and what's going through my head is like I don't want them to think like Mm. like like I just had all these thoughts going through my head of like my experience is nothing like yours like Mm. and here we are stepping into the circle together and that was Mm. when I became aware I couldn't make eye contact Mm. because of that performative aspect like I don't want to seem like I'm stepping in and there was something about stepping in that was like attention seeking it was like well I I'm agree with this like check this Mm. box for like bad thing that's happened to me (laughs) like Mm -hmm. um so maybe circling this back to your question about structure I think that was probably one of the best kind of reflection activities in the space that was held for it afterwards. But Mm. I think it's really hard because as social creatures, maybe some of us think about it more than others, but we're always being perceived and like Mm. there's always like that world you're creating between you and the people that you're around. Yeah. And it can be hard to bring your full world into that other world Mm. if you feel like there's not space for it right right yeah which goes back to like what we started with of like reflecting on your own versus reflecting with other people and like checking your story against other people's stories or what you think Mm -hmm. because in that moment like you're almost not even reflecting on the experience so much anymore as you're reflecting on like what are all these other people thinking of me or like assuming about me or like what does it say about me that I stepped into the circle what does it say if I don't step into the circle suddenly it's like very like interpersonal dynamics you know yeah that makes sense and like I think it's interesting they use the word performative In that, where you were being asked to do, like, the stepping in and stepping out, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, but I know what you mean, and, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a really interesting setup, Um, and, like, super complex, and, like, so much is said without saying anything at all Mm -hmm. like it sounds like whole conversations (laughs) and interactions and intensities went down without anyone opening their mouth just looking around trying to make eye contact not really being able to like 
you've all acknowledged something big and you're learning about other people and nobody said a word. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, you know? Um, but yeah, the, the structure that that provides, I think that's an interesting thing that I've learned is like the way that structure can provide like psychological safety and sort of a container in which to be making choices about vulnerability and reflection is like, you know, you step in, you step out. Like, that's what you're doing. It's not like, all right, I'm going to ask you guys, like, do you feel attractive? Everyone go around and say why you do or do not feel attractive. Like, that would be a very different activity, mm-hmm. you know, and like providing parameters that you know will be respected by everyone. Mm-hmm made that feel safe to even begin to engage with. Because if I was in a classroom and that question was asked, I'd be like, what? Like, what? How? No. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Which is interesting, I think, too, that, like, hyper-structure providing the space to begin to even tap into those more amorphous things. Because when I think about reflection for myself, I think I oftentimes think of this, like, wide-open spaces like blank page see where the pen takes you thing you know yeah I was thinking about that when you were saying interpersonal dynamics and this is quite a pivot I acknowledge go but, for it pivot um I'm, I'm just curious how this experience has been for you of of interviewing guests on the podcast yeah. and um and we've talked a little bit about it, but reflecting on kind of the episodes afterwards. And yeah, I wonder if you just share a little bit, reflect a little bit, yeah. if you will, on what that experience has been like for you. <coughs> hmm. Great question. <laughs> it's been really interesting. And I think like I've brought a lot more of myself into the conversations perhaps this time, this season versus last season. Um, And it kind of has ultimately been like one big experiment in like interpersonal dynamics and what it feels like to have people in a space and like all show up in this sort of vulnerable way. It is super vulnerable to reflect live to questions you don't know what they're going to be have it be recorded and then have it be reshared with the world like that is crazy it is again it's like this interesting contrast of like vulnerability reflection but also high levels of performativity you're speaking into a mic in a recording studio and it's going to be on spotify (laughs) like you can't separate yourself from the performance of it (laughs) and like i think it's been interesting to kind of just learn to trust myself through the process and trust that however I show up is meaningful even if it's not easy and I think like I've shared this with you and the whole like podcast team but like I think I've done a lot of like analyzing myself as a host and like as the season's gone on kind of swung around into trying different things and trying to sort of curate my performance and like show up in a certain way um like the first episode with Asha and Werner was like very reflective and very calm and then after that for the next episode like I had gotten some feedback and was like trying to show up in a more like bantery high energy way and so like I swung very much in that direction and then I think after that I had a moment of being like I just need to like show up as myself to this conversation um Cause that's like the only like thing I can do, you know? Um, but hmm. it's been really interesting and like, what was the actual question? How has it been to host people? Yeah. Or just like reflecting a little bit on, on doing the podcast. Yeah. I think it's also like I'm so aware of like how do I sound what am I saying like do I sound intelligent like 
there are all these fascinating people on here saying fascinating things and trying to be present in a conversation while also like guiding it and like giving it structure I think it's been an interesting mix of like trying to zoom in and zoom out at the same time of like I want to listen but I'm also in my head being like what have we talked about does this make sense like where are we going to go from here (laughs) um But I don't know. It's like, I don't mean this to sound pessimistic because I kind of mean it in the most optimistic way. Like, we're a pretty small podcast. Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) Like, I don't know how many people actually listen to each episode. Mm -hmm. In some ways, the experience of the conversation is the whole Mm -hmm. meaning in Mm -hmm. and of itself. And like, what it feels like for the people in the room and for me to talk about these things and explore these topics together. Like that is the most important thing. And if people listen to it, then that's amazing. But like, that's like where the magic is happening, you know, does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Mm, Yeah. It kind of relieves some of that. Yeah pressure of it having to have meaning for somebody else if it has meaning for for you and the guests in the moment yeah yeah um do you think that anything from the podcast has has come with you outside of the podcast that was a weirdly worded no i know what you mean (laughs) definitely definitely i think like, that's been a really cool thing about this season is, like, having people that are close to me in my life, like, reference season mm-hmm. two episodes to me mm-hmm. and be like, oh, that reminds me of, like, when Asha and Werner were talking about this thing. I'm like, oh, my God, you remember that from the podcast episode and now it's, like, a part of our life or when, like, mm-hmm. Fred and Dabney said this or, like, whatever. Like, that's really cool way that it's become a part of my life. Um, but... Yeah, I think the conversation that happened with Shannon and Kim about trusting yourself I mean it was supposed to be about prototyping but it ended up really being about trusting yourself um, and being in dialogue with yourself like I think that the the timing of that conversation felt borderline divine and like Mm. what a lot of things that I was like really thinking about and struggling with and having these two people come in who I respect and like look up to and having these like people that are kind of like years down the line from where I am sit down with me and look me in the eye and be like you have to trust yourself and like be in dialogue mm-hmm. with yourself and not worry about the rat race or how you're being perceived. Like that was such a source of comfort in the coming weeks when I was making big life decisions and job decisions and like being able to be like, yeah, like I do need to trust myself and like I do need to pay more attention to how I feel and not get sucked into like society's standard of like success or whatever. So I think the conversations have like very much like stuck with me. Um, that's like one example Um, maybe the most like concrete one is it wasn't just like a conversation for the podcast it was also like such a like gift in my actual life to talk about those things you know Um, just like little things even like (laughs) we I know we maybe overhyped this at this point but the way that Sal and Ken like email people like or like interact on the whole show like they were so like goofy and bantery and like brought themselves to the podcast in this like really fun way that like showed me that like I can bring myself to things in a way that feels authentic too and it doesn't have to fit the mold of like Mm. the email format that I think I'm supposed to use like maybe people would be delighted if I just like wrote a sort of chaotic funny email about how I'm actually feeling um like a reminder that like breaking the mold is good and fun um and yeah one thing i'm kind of curious about is for you i don't know what i want to say like i consider you also someone who's very reflective Mm. and like deeply in touch with like what's going on in your head (laughs) and like how that's felt for you to navigate like out in the world um 
and yeah. how you felt that like be perceived or that mm. is not a clear question either but I think I understand I'll take a stab and if okay. you want to redirect me you can I think there was like a moment in my life where like that pivoted as I said like I felt very comfortable like being vulnerable and being like reflective like out loud to people and I think so I used to go to Tufts before I transferred here for folks who are listening in and when I was at Tufts um like I remember I had a period of time there where I was like going through stuff and was just like telling everyone I knew about every detail of my life and was just like the definition of an open book and like constantly was like verbally processing like very chaotically with everyone and it was like kind of constant reflection but it was also sort of like reckless is the wrong Mm. word but it was like not I think like I looked back on that and was like I told everyone everything and then everyone had an opinion about like what I should do and so I sort of lost sight of like what I thought in the process and like let go of my power in the situation in a way by like diffusing it onto so many other people that were always telling me what they thought mm-hmm. um and I think that after that I started to like learn a little bit more about boundaries with reflection and the way that I am in the world as this like very open emotional person and how to like tend for myself in that. And I think like I learned to be more like thoughtful about who I'm letting in and in what capacity and like for what reason, Um, which is interesting. (laughs) And I think like we've talked about this, but I think Something I've been thinking about is how, like, vulnerability means different things for everyone. And, like, I think classically vulnerability is talked about as, like, sharing your emotions, being open, like, talking about what you're feeling. Like, that's what it means to be vulnerable. But I think in my experience, like, if you feel really comfortable talking about your emotions then maybe that's not what vulnerability is too maybe it's like way more vulnerable to set a boundary and say that you don't want to talk about something so I think like that's been like something that has been ongoing in my life is like realizing that I get to curate the space for reflection and like um choosing when I want to reflect and and where and with whom has been like a vulnerable process I think and like learning to set boundaries with like my internal world and how I share that externally yeah has been a process how has it been for you being someone who is like very reflective and spends time reflecting and processing in like social settings or like how has that been received by people in your life I am working on it becoming more okay to to like leave oh here we go like leave emotions out in the open Mm. because I feel a lot of the time it's like oh I'll get angry about something but then like when I'm processing it to somebody it's like, oh, but, like, that has resolved now. Like, right. the anger was there, but I have managed it, and there is no more anger. Um, and, like, always wanting to seem like I've already I've already processed. Like, I'm happy to share my processing with you once it's finished. Like, right, right. <laughs> like, I just think, yeah, like, maybe that is part of the distinction, is, like, processing is, like, in the process like in the mess of it when you're sorting it out for yourself and like don't know where it's going to lead you reflection feels safer like looking back and pulling out what you've it feels like past tense processing feels like current present tense you know and I think like you were talking about like leaving emotions and pieces of yourself like out in the open sort of unfinished But I think, like, that's, like, we've talked about this a lot in our friendship, but, like, that's such a gift to people to, like, 
truly share with them something that's like going on for you right now and like share an emotion with them like I think it really is a gift to get to see other people in our like true like human experience and not this like packaged up piece like the pride piece too it's like I'm willing to let you see me in this messy space because like I trust you you know and like that is like such a gift I have a question? Yeah. Caitlin Paulson. Is there a desire to be off the grid? (laughs) That was going to be my last question if she was Is there a desire to be off the grid? This question is sponsored by Nick and Decott. Is is brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. Creativity within constraint. Brainstorming. (laughs) Um, Is there a desire to be off the grid? You know, I think there is. Right. Right. Um, (laughs) I think... (laughs) i think i think really pondering well i'm gonna i'm gonna try to pull some meaning out of this okay so let's do it i think you can do it um maybe this goes back to the whole thing about like what's your definition of success and like Mm. what does i don't know like productive aliveness look Mm -hmm. like (laughs) i don't even know what that means um (laughs) yeah but i think you you get my gist um and thinking about like this period of time where we're in limbo or like transition and um i think that when we're quote-unquote on the grid and like doing Mm. the things of life like going to school or going to work or whatever else is the normal routine Mm. like that that can feel a little stifling um there really is thoughts here i'm just struggling to translate them you're doing great you're doing great and so like (laughs) i think we all crave a little bit like that daredevil Mm -hmm. uncertainty or like enthusiasm for change yeah but there's so much pressure to like have the answers and have it figured out and like know the next step Mm, and so maybe it's not quite off the grid but like (laughs) off the beaten path a little bit is there a desire to be off the grid (laughs) nick i hope you're listening nick if you're not listening i swear to god (laughs) what are we even doing um I mean, what riffing off what you just said at the very end there of like structure and openness, it reminds me of like what we were talking about with structure and openness with reflection in this conversation. And I think like also the comment about like different worlds and like the world of structure and the world of the blank page and like tending to the different worlds within you. And I think like we get a lot of encouragement to engage with like structure and rigidity and routine and blah 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 but I think there is a desire to like show up at the blank page and like see what happens and I think that's like a space where reflection is really beautiful and processing is really beautiful so yeah our official answer yes yeah is there a desire to be off the grid yes yes absolutely (laughs) for sure (laughs) for sure (laughs) okay that's it folks that's a wrap on season two of the high five (laughs) thank you so much for joining us for our final episode of season two of the high five where we were joined by Caitlin Paulson and me, Olivia Hewitt. We would love to hear your thoughts on today's conversation, which you can let us know through our Instagram at hive underscore five C. If you're interested in learning more about Caitlin's work or following along with her incredible Watson fellowship journey that she is on right now, please check out the links in the show notes. We also wanted to give a special shout out to Caitlin Paulson, who you just heard from and Nick Endicott, who are both fantastic producers of this show, The High Five, 
who will be leaving the show after this season and on to new and exciting horizons. And while we're thrilled for them, we are also going to miss them a whole lot. And this show would not be what it is without them. Both Caitlin and Nick have been working on this show since we started it in the spring of 2021 and have been absolutely fundamental to the creation and production of every episode. We're super excited to see what they do next, but we're going to miss them a lot. We'll miss our Monday afternoon meetings, laughing together, sitting in the beanbags in the sound box, coming up with questions and cheering each other on every step of the way. Thank you both for making this show what it is. The rest of the team will be back in the fall for season three of The Hive Five, and we can't wait to see you then. Thank you.